Be seated. Thank you, Pastor Aisha. <laughs> that was quite amazing, to be honest. <laughs> I was wondering who she was talking to or talking about, to be honest. Um, it's a privilege to be back in Greenwich. Um, I'm looking around, I'm going, I'm seeing new people, you know. Hi, Angie. You know, it's like, wow. You know, obviously God is doing a work here. The fact that you've planted out again and again and again, it's just absolutely fantastic. So let's um, invite the presence of God because he's already here and we just want him to continue to have his way today. Father, we thank you so much for this time. What a privilege it is to be in your house and to come before you. And Lord, I pray that you will speak your word today to every ear that is open. I pray that every heart will be open to hear you and be ready to hear and to receive what you're saying to each and every one that is here. Father, we thank you for open heavens. I pray that you will speak your word and that you'll release your grace in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. I wanted to say that, you know, God is doing such a major work in the earth in these times. And as a people of God, it's so important that we are plugged in to him. We are plugged into hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a people um, and as a community, um, as a church, and as a church universally. So um, this morning, I want to just share, or is it afternoon yet? Okay, afternoon. I want to share on something called Give Them Beauty for Ashes. Give Them Beauty for Ashes. I want to turn to Isaiah 61. And it says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to console those who mourn in Zion, <clears throat> to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And verse 4, it says, And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Amen. This morning, I just... I want to say this to you that God, I believe God is raising up those that really are willing to hear what he's saying and trust him that he will do what he says he will do with you. He says, you know, give them beauty for ashes. I want to share a little bit today about what God has called me to do in terms of the mission part of ICWN. And this particular scripture, I believe that the Lord had begun to put this word in my heart. Um, to go out and to rebuild the ruined places. In the lives of, of many women, there are men as well that are in these situations. But many people are broken in life. Um, we all came. If you, may, you may be a Christian here for a while and God has done great things in your life. But you can look back and say there was a time in my life 
where things were not good. I was a broken vessel. I can, I can definitely say that about me. I was never like this, never called the past, isn't it, Zen? You know, my brother-in-law, okay? You know, never, you know, I never, ever, ever thought I would ever do this. In fact, it was not even on my brain. So God picks people. He'll pick you, and he'll take you, and he'll use you. And so this scripture really speaks to me because the scripture says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So the spirit of God is upon me. The spirit of God is upon you. And if Christ lives in you, the spirit of God has come upon you to speak, to preach the gospel, to take the gospel. You know, we look so much for the person that stands behind here and we say, let them do it. But it's all of us that have been called to take the gospel. It says, it, says, it says here, to preach the good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Many people are bound. Many people are in prison. And I'm not talking about physical prison or Belmarsh. I'm talking about in their life. They feel so trapped. Our society now, the things that are going on in our society, the things that we're, are being promoted, 20 years ago, this wasn't happening. You know, 20 years ago, things were not like this. In fact, you know, when I look around and I think to myself, what, what has happened in those 20 years, isn't it, Zen? When you look back, you think things were different. We're so carefree at that time when we were all young and we once were young. Okay, <laughs> many, many moons ago, but we were very young. You know, things are different. Now, you need to be in God. You need to stay in God. You can't mess around. You can't, you can't put your foot on the edge and go, you know what, I'm just going to just try a little over here. And you need to stay put in God. The nations are roaring. There is a storm that is brewing. And the people of God need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. It says in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 15, it says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them? without being sent. That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. Um, a little bit about what, or rather I should say, what the Lord began to do in my heart concerning um, Brazil. Um, the Lord began to put my heart about this, this work. I went to a, a, a sort of like a, a a conference, so to speak, and I was listening to um, a guy who was talking about uh, Brazil at the time. I just decided to go, and um, <clears throat> I was listening to the stuff that they were doing. Um, it's called Men and Dancia. If you've heard about it, they've come before, and um, I was just listening, and I heard so many broken things, so many things about the lives of people that were so shocking. One of the stories was this young lady who was very, very young, and uh, about the age of seven, and her mom took her on the bus, and 
she dressed her up that day and said, you know what, let me put your hair in ribbons and dress you really lovely, and I'm going to take you on a, a trip. So she put her on the bus, and they were all going on this trip, driving. And this little girl was looking forward to wherever they were going. Then the mum said, um, I'm going to get off at this stop. You stay on. Don't get off. I'll be back. And so this little seven-year-old, that's her mummy. So if mummy says, sit still, I'll be back, what do you do? You sit still. Well, you're supposed to. You sit still, and she'll be back, isn't it? So she sat down on this bus, and this bus went around and around, and it went wherever it went, and eventually the driver said, where's your mum? Her mum never returned, and her mum abandoned her. And when I heard that story, my heart was broken. I just said, Lord, how? How can this happen? And this woman began to just speak. And as she was talking, she said, I'm the woman, I'm the little girl that was left on the bus. And I don't know about you, just listening to that story, even as I'm saying it now, breaks me. And they began to talk about Brazil. And I know many, many places out there are like this. So Brazil's not specifically the only place. And I began to talk about the immense prostitution that is going on in Brazil. And I just thought, Lord, how? Young children where, and I'm sorry for if, if this distresses you, but this is a reality. And it relates to when the Lord tells us we need to go out. You have families from generation to generation to generation that prostitute. So grandmother, great-grandmother, mother, daughter, and then their daughter. And that's what they do. And it's normal. And it's not one set of people. It's multitudes of people. Multitudes where they don't feel they have anything but this to offer. They don't have any other, they don't have anything else. And so this is what they do. And the Spirit of God began to speak into my heart. And this scripture, what I'm reading to you in, in Isaiah 61, stood out a lot at that time. The Lord is speaking to me. They're ruined cities. They're broken places. I'm sending you to those places. I'm going to, even though I'm talking about me, I know God is speaking to different ones here. I'm sending you to a broken place where generation after generation is a broken, broken generation. And so I, I want to fix it. I want to bring life. And uh, to cut a long story short, as I began to say, okay, Lord. In fact, in that whole um, seminar, I just kept crying and crying. And, and Marilyn was there at the time, Pastor Marilyn. She just kept passing me tissues. <laughs> you know, I just I couldn't understand what I was hearing. And then we decided, well, Lord, okay, we'll go. And then uh, 2013, we decided um, I was going to go. So I began to prepare for it, getting ready to, to go out to Brazil. Um, I didn't know where I was going, who I was going with. I didn't know anybody in Brazil, but the Lord just said to go. 
And uh, I began to prepare, and I knew, knew somebody who knew somebody in Brazil, so they kept saying, yeah, this is the way to do it. And I began to sort of work with them, and then the Spirit of God said to me one day, as I was trying to move forward, he said, did I tell you to go with them? Did I tell you? I said, no. He said, and this is the word, he said, said throw Jonah out of the boat. <laughs> So I said, Lord. So I had to do what he said. And as soon as I did that, doors began to open. Phil was preaching somewhere, and he just said to me, this was by ra- randomly, he was preaching somewhere, and he just said, oh, um, as I was preaching, da, 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 there was two ladies in the congregation that were Brazilian. Maybe if you go and just maybe talk to them and uh, just find out a bit about Brazil, because obviously you're going to be going, just, just find out a bit. And at that moment in time, I don't know if anybody's married here, but, you know, your husband's asked you to do something, and you think, oh, I don't know. I just think, oh. first of all, I thought in my head, oh, they're old fogies, what are they going to know? I would not seen the people, but this, this is the truth. And I thought, okay, and I thought, oh, really? Should I? Oh, I don't think Phil's got it right. Anyway, I decided to obey, and then I went to the church. And I saw the ladies, were two young ladies, two young ladies, two sisters, and I went up to them and I just started saying, okay, you're from Brazil. And they spoke a little English, really lovely. And I just asked them a bit about Brazil. And so they were asking me, what is it? So I said, well, I'm going to be going to Brazil. I didn't tell them anything else other than the fact that I'm going to be going. Before I could even finish what I was about to say, they said, you come to stay with us, huh? I said, uh, um. they said, no worries. Then I said, um, when are you coming? I said, well, uh, September. And I gave them the dates, the 19th, and I'll be returning the 31st. And they both lit up. And they looked at me smiling. And I said, yeah. And they said, oh, the 18th is my birthday. And the other one said, the 30th is my birthday. And I went, wow, okay. So I was going out to Brazil on one of their birthdays and coming back on the other one's birthday. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to cocoon you I'm going to protect you. You just listen to what I'm saying. Just go. And so um, I began to pray. Began to pray and ask God about Brazil. And then I saw a vision. And I saw God's hand lifted in a a fist. Um, And I I said, Lord, what's this? And then I saw him take his um, signet ring and pass it. And he was saying this, that he he was angry at what he saw in Brazil. He was angry at what he had been seeing in the lives of people. And he needs someone to go. Not just me. There are many people that are doing this work. So it's not just about me. It's loads of people that, are, that the Lord has raised up to go into Brazil and other places to do a work on this scale. And he said, I've given you my authority. Go. And so we began and we made plans to go. And so we've been from 2013 um, up to 2019. The only year that I didn't go was in 2018. Um, and in those years, as I was going, it was by just trusting God, trusting God everywhere my feet would tread that the Lord would direct my footsteps. We arrived in those um, in Rio, had to trust God on whatever He was saying, had no plan. So anybody that was coming with me, they would say, Yeah, we're going to Brazil. What's the plan? I said, There's no plan. Just, um, just, just um, if you are willing to go with someone that has no plan, then come with me. But if you want a plan, then I'm not the one to go with because I haven't got a plan. They sort of looked at me. It was Frasier that the Lord started putting on her heart. And so we decided to go. And honestly, there was no plan. 
It was like, Lord, our feet are on the ground. Now what do you want us to do? We have to find some prostitutes and go and preach them. And the people said, you can't go and preach to prostitutes. You can't go. They'll, they'll kill you. You can't go into the vavelas. You die. I mean, uh, there's a story about Brazil as well because I went with Pastor Aisha in 1996. So there was that, which I thought I'd never go again, by the way. Anyway, so no, you can't, you can't go, you can't go up into the vavelas. You can't do this. So, so we're like, well, how are we gonna, how are we gonna do this? And so it was like, Lord, what are we going to do? And so we had to go to places that we didn't want to go. It was a really interesting um, first trip, and in the last week of our trip when nothing had happened I mean I mean nothing nothing and you just think I've got it wrong I really have got this wrong it was the last Wednesday I was just Lord it was outside was um I think it the the traffic was really bad we had to go to a bible study that was interesting and I just thought Lord okay you know hey we'll go and it was just really difficult we were running late the the persons that were taking us were running late um, the person that I was with was saying, oh, you shouldn't, we shouldn't go. And I was thinking, no, we need to go. Let's, let's, let's go. And so we went. And it took us ages to get to the church. And when we got to the church, we just sat there. And it, obviously, it's in Portuguese and English, so half of it we, we don't really understand. And then as the service is going on, the, the minister calls up someone who comes to the front. And he stands there and he says, my name is Pastor Celso. I work um, in missions of prostitutes, blah, blah, blah. And he started talking about his life. Um, he was in prison for three years. He was, a, um, he was a drug addict. He was a murderer. He was all these different things. And God had done something in his life and he'd come. And me and Fraser were sitting there going, huh? And he just stood there and, and spoke. And then after we began to speak to him. And he said, somebody called him and said, you must come now. There's some missionaries that want to work with prostitutes. He said, so he got this phone call. He said, he just began to pray that, Lord, would you bring people that want to work with prostitutes? And as he began to pray, the, the phone rang. And he decided to pick up the phone. And somebody said, you must come now. You must come now. Not his church. He was living somewhere else. And he had to travel to get to this church. He knew of this church. And so he had to get there. And he decided to go on a Wednesday. And he got there and he said, I, 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 when I heard, I just came. You know, we had an interpreter. And so as he was talking, I was like this, wow, this is amazing. You know, I was just, just amazed. And he was talking about what he wants to do, wants to work with the prostitutes. And everything he said was what I felt I wanted to do. And then he said, well, that's the same dream, you know. And it was just absolutely amazing. And God says, right, now I've stamped it. And so now we, we left and we went back. And God has been building that relationship with Pastor Celso and his wife. And so when God says go, he means go. He wants you to preach good tidings to the poor. He wants you to bring um, life to them because they don't have it. You know, along, in, and when we've been traveling, we've, we met some, uh, some ladies, we, honestly, their lives, when they speak to you, you realize that they, they, have, they have no hope. They have just ashes in their life. And they're used to it. They don't know about the beauty of the Lord. 
They don't understand it. And when you, when you, when you even say things like, you're beautiful, they're, they're like, huh? Because they're so used to a rough, rough life. And um, God has given us, the body of Christ, the answer for the world. Jesus came as the answer. And so he's telling us to go and open prison doors. To proclaim. You know what he means by proclaim? To preach, to declare the gospel. Many of you here can preach the gospel. In fact, all of you here can preach it. But we become so afraid that, oh, the enemy will say, no, you can't. Who are you getting up to go to wherever? But the Lord has put his word in your mouth. The Bible says this, that it's not, it says, um, um, let me put my glasses on so I can see. It says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And this is what the Spirit of God is doing. He is raising up the insignificant to go out and saying, Lord, it's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. This year, 2019, we went out. And I'm going to tell you, I, last year I thought about going and I just thought, Lord, I don't know. Because now we'd got to the point, okay, Lord, where do you want us to, to begin this work? Where do you want us to go and bring the message of the gospel? And um, as we've been going out, just waiting on God. And remember, things were, aren't, aren't as smooth. It's just like you have to just trust God. You go and sometimes you don't feel that anything is happening. And then waiting on him and God moves. And so over time, I said, Lord, you know, what's happening? And then last year, I thought, you need to go. You need to go in 2019. But it wasn't like a... You must go. Because even though we'd been going, I just thought, mm, I better book it. So I did. And I went and I felt absolutely nothing. But I knew this. I said, Lord, I'm going in 2019. I need to find the place marked X, which is the place that we're supposed to be. Because we've been going year in and year out. We need to find out what is it and where is it that we, you want us to start doing this work. And uh, we, we went. Again, this is the most interesting <laughs> time that we've had. We went, and uh, we went in April. And the first week that we were there, again, no plan. I said, <laughs> I said okay, Lord, all right, we're here. And, you know, we began to pray. So, right, every day we'll get up and we're praying, seeking the face of God. Lord, you know, Lord, and then as I'm hearing, waiting on the Spirit of God for his word today. And the Lord tells me, go to Copacabana. Can't even get the name right. The beach, the big long beach in Brazil. I said, go where? No, that can't be the Lord because he won't be sending me to the beach because we're here to do a job. And I felt go to Copacabana Beach. I said, Lord, go today. So I said to Marilyn, Marilyn, we're going to go to the, the beach today. And she was like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I was like, huh? So when it was very, very hot, we walked along the beach and I, I'm very used to it. So it's like, you know, it's like, okay. And uh, we're walking along, and I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. You're telling us to go, there's nothing going on here. I, you know. Anyway, we walk the beach. Marilyn's amazed at the beach. And I'm like, yes, it's great. And then we go home. 
And I'm thinking, okay, well, we can always go back again. And I hear my spirit, you, you won't go back again. But I think, you know. After that week, it did something in Brazil that it doesn't do. It rained like no man's business. It rained so much that there was landslides in Rio. There were cars that were flooded. People drowned in Rio. Um, the roads split open in Rio. Cars looked like they had like there was an earthquake. That's what it looked like. And at this point in time, I'm thinking, Lord, what are you saying? And then we get a phone call from Pastor Celso now, who's now, who was at the time wasn't available. Then he's suddenly available. And he says, I'm not living where I used to live. I live out of Rio now. I live in another state, which is seven hours away. And he says, I think this may be the place for you. And I'm thinking, yes. And then we're saying, right, we're going to come to this place. And this is, it's going to take you seven hours. You can fly there or you can take a coach. And so it will take you seven hours if you do. So we're looking at each other going, okay, this is great. But then outside is raining like crazy. It is like people don't understand what's going on. It's never happened before. Um, people are drowning as they're walking along because the, the place is just going crazy. And then we're saying we're booking a coach to this place called Bella Horizonte, which is in the city of um, Minas Gerais. And they're going, looking at us going, I don't think you're going anywhere. I mean, even one day we decided we're going outside. And as we got outside, the water was literally just ridiculous. We had to go back in. And they were looking at us, well, I don't know. And then we got a word. Um, from one of the, the mission uh, intercessors. And I want to read it to you. Okay. And this was the, the word that someone said. Now, remember, we're preparing to go, but we don't know if we're going to go. And it said, um, um, this person said, I was seeing from the view that I was in a, a vehicle that was moving down a road. I said, whilst I was praying today, I saw the following. I, I was seeing from the view that I was in a vehicle that was moving down a road. In front of the vehicle was a very small man with a scepter in his hand. A tall man, sorry. He was walking in front of the vehicle as, as it moved along the road. There was a bend in the road ahead with a ravine, a long drop. And other men who looked like the man walked in front of the vehicle. They were lined up along the edge. I sensed there were angels. I heard the man ahead of the vehicle say, There is no need to fear. I have made the way straight for you. After that, the song Waymaker came to my mind. Now, we, when I heard that, I said to Marilyn, We are going to go. We're going. I don't know how. We're going to go. I don't know the trip. I don't, know, I don't understand the, the, the journey. I've never been there before. I don't know. And so we, begin, we, we start to book. And as we begin to book the, the, these coaches, it wouldn't go through. <laughs> it wouldn't go through thinking, what's going on? It's like, oh, no, this isn't happening. And then eventually at the last minute, it went through. We thought, yes. Then everything went forward. We got onto the coach the following day. The rain stopped and the place was dried. <laughs> it was just incredible. And we got on a coach. And as we got on the coach, we started on our journey to this seven-hour journey. We don't know where we're going. All we started realizing is that we're going upward and that there are ravines as we're going. And Marion looks at me, I look at her, and I'm going, do you see what, do you see that? And then Brazil, they drive like as if they've got no 
road codes. I don't know. And so the, the thing is going round, and we're going up, and I'm going, can you see, can you see that? Look, look. And then, then we see mountains, and then we see ravines, and, and the road sides were like this. And I'm thinking, why don't they build them a little bit higher so that, you know, if anything happens, at least we bounce against a wall. But if you don't, you're going over. And we're going, and I'm remembering the word. I'm remembering the word. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, we're going, we're going. You're going to go ahead of us. You know why? Because we have to take the gospel. God is making a way. And then we're going into a new city, a new city I've never been before, but the Lord's saying, this is the place. And we get another word. And this is the word that we get. So it's, um, I, it says this. Good morning, Pastor Sharon and Marilyn. It says, I have a scripture for you guys. Isaiah 46, 5, 13. While praying for you, verse 5 came to my mind. And when I started reading, I saw this image. A man at the gate blocking you guys from getting through. And someone in politics. This word was, has been spoken to them. And the gate opened. And the politician wrote something that gave you guys right, right of way. And so the Lord was saying that he had opened the doorway. He had dealt with the principalities that were holding us back. And so we were going in. Little did I know. Little did I know that as I was going in, Belle Horizonte, um, as I get into the city, because when I heard that word, it reminded me of something I'd heard before um, concerning Menendancia, the place that it was. And as we got into the place, we got into the, the hotel, the Lord said to me, Remember, look back at, um, there was a CD that was given to me uh, many, many years ago by a prophet, um, Ken, and I never looked at it. He just looked, gave me this CD and said, um, listen, you need to listen to this, Sharon. I didn't listen to it. I put it somewhere, didn't look back at it. And then I realized something. It was to do with Men and Dancia. And when I looked, Men and Dancia, it was Bella Horizonte, the very city that I heard about many two years ago, I was actually in. And so the Lord had opened the way, literally had given me, I was going through place to place, back to the area that he originally had taken me to from the beginning, I'd heard about. And so what am I saying to you? Give them beauty for ashes. It may take you, I don't know how long. It may, God may call you to some places that you may think, I could never go. Or it may, somebody may say to you, you need to have a plan. You need to know what you're doing. You don't, you don't just do things. Trust God. He has the plan. Because when you look at things in reality, it doesn't look like you should go anywhere. It's like, what are you doing going wherever? In fact, I was surprised my husband said, it's okay, you go. Huh? <laughs> okay, I'm going. I am going. Yes, it's okay, you go. You know, because we've got to trust God and God is going to take us place. Look, the work is beginning. We're now at that point of beginning, you know, um, and there's a lot of work ahead, you know, but God is the one leading the way. And so he's speaking to you. He's saying, take the gospel to them. Give them beauty for ashes. They're broken vessels. Console those who mourn in Zion. You know, give them, um, give them hope for their tomorrow. And this is the, what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. Um, Luke 7, verse 22. I want to turn to that.
I, I really love this particular scripture. I love what, how it's written. And I'm going to read from verse 20. When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you coming? Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind he gave sight. Verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Go tell John. Turn to somebody and say, Go tell John. (laughs) That's right. Go tell John. The things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Go tell John what you see. You know, go tell John what you see. What is it that you see? I see the lame walking. You know, and... God is saying, listen, take what you see. Take it out to the broken and the lost. And those that don't have anything, they think they have the world and they have nothing. And we are commissioned to take this gospel and to run with the word of God. The scripture says in Jeremiah chapter 8, 20, the harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. Let that not be the case. The harvest has passed. The summer has ended and we are not saved. Our nations, our communities, they're waiting for you. What is it that the Spirit of God has put in your heart that you've tried to run away from, that you've tried to put aside? The Lord will go ahead of you. He will take you. He will cocoon you. He'll protect you. Many times when I'll be praying about Brazil, I would see like I'd be in a cut, like some sort of, um, <laughs> it was really funny, like moving um, vehicle that had, was sort of covered and sealed so that you couldn't get in. And I would be going into these dark places. And so the Lord was saying, you go where I send you to go. I'll protect you. I'll deal with the enemy. You don't worry. You just go where I'm telling you. And some of the places that we did go, Trust me, I, I, it was incredible. This time around, we went, when we went to Belo Horizonte, it's a completely different place, and the prostitution is, in, is immense. We went into one of the brothels, giving out food. And the first day, this was the first time I'd gone into an actual brothel on this scale. And uh, we walked in, and I felt choked as soon as I walked into the environment, my, my throat just seized up. I felt I couldn't breathe. It was just horrible. And I said, Lord, is this the place we're going to be going? And I thought, oh. And I just looked around and I, I, it was just so intense. I had to l- keep my eyes on the Lord. Otherwise, I would have turned around and just gone back out. And so we walked in and all these ladies were there. And they came in and they, they, we brought food to them and they were so grateful. Now you say, why would you bring food for these ladies? You know why? They will work all day and they have, they have no money. All the money is given to their pimps. And so they work, 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 and they don't eat. And so when you bring the food, they're so grateful. They were so grateful. And they were talking and laughing and you're just... You're just amazed. 
you know, just by doing that. We went into another brothel where the, the room was so small that literally we couldn't, we could just about put food out and we had to use one of the rooms that they used, not a room that they were using, but an empty room. And it was horrible. It was like a prison cell. And you thought, how, how is this possible? How do people live like this? And then we were giving out the food to this group of women and they were grateful. And then uh, the lady that we're with, she was just saying, how are you doing? Are you okay? And they would just say, yeah, you know. And they're just grateful for somebody being interested in their life. And maybe at the end of the day, maybe just to go and say to someone, Jesus loves you. I remember speaking to one young lady um, through an interpreter. We had taken um, gifts. This was one of the years, I think it was 2013 or even after that, we took gifts. And when we went to a particular place, we saw these ladies standing and we went up to them and we said, um, Jesus loves you. And they took the gifts. They were so surprised. They took the gift and then the girls be- girl began to, to weep. And she was so afraid. She was looking around to see if her pimp was looking. And she was, she was crying. And then she took the gift. She was like, thank you. And then another girl came. We gave her as well. And they were like, thank you. And they were just, because this girl was just weeping. So we prayed for her. And then after we prayed, they began to get very afraid. You know why they were afraid? Because the pimps began to come out. And they would start looking like, you need to get back to work. In fact, that place that we went, as we were walking the street, all the men were lined up on either side. It was so dangerous that the team that we went with, um, they had the guys in the team, because there were guys that do this work as well. They went in front of us and there was guys behind us. So we were cocooned in between. Do you understand? So these are missionaries. So they would, the guys would be at the front of us. They would lead us into the, the place, the brothels, and, the, and then the guy, a guy would be at the back. And they would say, look, we have to do it like this so that these guys know they can't, they can't come in this vicinity. And when we walk, you just see men just looking at you like, they'll deal with you because you're coming into their territory. They don't care. They, they're, they're interested in their business. And you're there to, up, to disrupt it. And so these young ladies, they were weeping and they were looking. And then they, they quickly went back. They had to get back to their work. And our hearts were just really broken. You know, the Lord is speaking to us to go and give them truth. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. And it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give, I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What do you have to give? Jesus, that's what you have to give. And so the Lord is calling us to remember the ruined places that need to be mended. Change the, 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 the route in which young people are going in their family genealogy. Give them hope. Let's stand.
I believe that the, the Lord is speaking to not just us as a, as a body in terms of CLF, because this is our mandate. We, we are missionaries. We go out, we plant churches, and we want to see the lost saved. But today I'm speaking to you. Today it's, it comes home as a real thing in your heart today, that God is speaking to you. Young men as well. I, I could talk and talk to you. One of the things we, one of the places we went this year was to a young man's, uh, to a male prison. And these guys that are in the prison um, are the ages of 15, 16, 17. They are murderers. They are, they're drug ad- addicts. They, are, they, they peddle drugs. They, they do all sorts of crazy things. And when I went in there and I saw them, I was almost looking at young boys that were like my own sons. I just looked at them. They didn't look scary. Nothing about them looked scary. But these guys are lethal. And you know why? Because their life is just a broken, rejected life. Nobody's there for them. Who's going to bring the gospel to them? Look, there's so much to be done. We haven't got time. I don't want to say this scripture, the harvest is past and summer has ended and we are not saved. I don't want that. But as we speak now, there are young people that are dropping and dying and going into hell. We, as a nation, we have a problem at this moment in time with knife crime. Knife crime amongst young black boys. We have a problem. Young men that know Jesus, you must rise up for your generation. You must speak out. You must go where God tells you to go. Take the gospel. Take the kingdom of God. Give them beauty for ashes. They don't know any better. They've been rejected. They don't understand life. They think, listen, these young men that are in the gangs... They feel that that's their family, that's their home. And so they're going out and they, they're stabbing people because they believe that, oh, if I do that, then I'm going to be accepted. A broken life, a messed up life. Lord's saying, it's in your hands. I've given it to you. The Lord uses the foolish things. Listen, who's standing behind here is a foolish thing. If you knew me, if you know me, all of us, God doesn't pick the perfect one because then we won't need him. It's the foolish he sends to confound the wise. And so he's calling you and me, young people. I see a lot of young people here. God is calling you to be dynamic for your generation. Speak to someone. Tell them. Because your words will do something in their lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Today, I just pray for these young ones that are in this place. Lord, we just pray that you will begin to do something in the hearts of different young ones, different young guys and the young ladies in this place. I pray, Father, a zeal for the kingdom of God will arise over them. I pray, Father, Lord God, they'll go out, they'll speak. Maybe it's to their college friends. Lord, wherever it is, I pray you will do something with them for your glory. Father, we thank you today that your word has come and that you'll bring change into the lives of our, our city and our community. Father, Lord, I thank you 
that you're using the foolish to confound the wise. Come, Lord, and do a new thing with each and every one of us in this place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Bless you.